0: I know he's got a word of the Lord. Thank you, Abner, for being patient, brother. God bless you.
1: Hey, good good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, good afternoon. yeah. <laughs> Happens, you know. If you didn't enjoy what's happened so far, maybe you don't want to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> like some people say they want to go to heaven but they don't like worship so you're in trouble (laughs) it's great to be here again can you guys do me a really big favor there's like a space and i know some of you have children and you're back for a reason but if you're not in the back for a reason other than that you don't like other people why don't you join civilization and come closer Uh, be really great there's plenty of empty seats for you come on so it's okay. I don't, I don't reject you. God doesn't reject you. <laughs> you totally like, you, you lost my whole dollar thing. <laughs> because we have a prayer card. And one of the ways I use a prayer card is I just thought of this. I was like, man, we get hundreds of people just walk by our table all the time. A lot of them grab a prayer card. And we're always happy to give that out because people will eat a donut and pray for us. But then I thought of a way we could raise more money for our feeding program. We partnered with a feeding program in the Philippines, and one dollar feeds four children in one sitting. So if you have another dollar <laughs> in your pocket and uh, you want to help feed children uh, out there on the table, Kay's going to be back there, but also grab a prayer card, pray for us really encourage you to take take care of, uh take a look at the resources back there just want to talk about that briefly i was fine i'm really excited about this uh thing here uh it's it's called the it's a five cd set at a school i just did in fe- uh, february in pennsylvania it's called sons of the kingdom thank you <laughs> k k k gets the money <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this is uh, five CDs of teaching on a school I did, and it's all about the world being your playground to change world history as you co-labor with God. And uh, d- uh just talks about barriers I've learned over the years that keep you back from just experiencing God, seeing His face. Everything, to me, essentially comes back to knowing Him. I mean, all the other stuff is just basically peripheral that we would see... The riches of his beautiful face. That's what we were born for. There's no other reality that makes you alive except that. And so the second series is on intimacy. It's four CDs totally devoted to that on intimacy with the Lord. And uh, it is the only thing that you experience now that I know of that is still going to be experienced throughout eternity. Jesus said in John 17, 3, this is eternal life. Eternity means no beginning, no end. Right. And actually, the encounters that you had today, the encounters that you had a few moments ago, are supposed to shape how you view God for the rest of your life. Because yeah. you're going to live forever. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I did have a message, and it totally just shifted. Uh, just as we were just doing whatever god wanted to do. let's just lift our hands lord thank you thank you thank you for everything you're doing and i thank you that this is a prophetic sign that even though the, the the time is going lord that there is going to be a time where people meet all across the world in buildings and it will be the tabernacle of the lord 24 hours a day seven days a week where people will come and experience your power and your glory, Lord. And so, Lord, thank you for understanding. Thank you for your angels that are here. Lord, I need your help. Put your words in my mouth. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you because no one's going to fall asleep. And that you're going to wake them up. And that this is a 3D encounter with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't normally uh, share things like this, but I I was going to share this initially, and it's interesting that people are sharing dreams, but I felt like I was supposed to share this. I I had this encounter where the Lord showed me this about four years ago. It was uh, March of 2007, and uh, in this encounter, (laughs) yes, help the children. And in this encounter, I had this vision. It it wasn't an open vision, but it was like a a vision that Daniel describes in uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 10, where it's a vision in his mind. And I saw this dead body on a stage with young people speaking life into a body. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I will not only do this in the natural, but I will also do this in the spiritual. The Holy Spirit is calling forth a a generation of deadness into life. Yes, Jesus is truly the resurrection and life, and He is calling this generation that seems so spiritually empty back to life. He is calling in this hour those things which are non-existent or appear to be dead in the body of Christ to come alive. Churches and groups that are spiritually dead and non-existent to come forth in this hour. The call should be made clear in this hour that those who want to be part of what I am doing in this hour must pay clear attention to what the Spirit is saying. For I seek to revive that which is dead... For the raising of life, just as the town took notice when Lazarus rose from the dead, so too will the nations take notice when I raise to life that which I want to do in this hour. And then I saw a stadium filled to capacity with people and the glory of God was standing on that place. They were not there to meet with the man or just come to a meeting, but they were there because because they heard that if they came and they were hungry, they would meet with God. As they worship, healings take place all across the crowd. Creative healings, ears growing into place where there were no ears. Blind eyes that have never seen the light of day are open. Muscles growing back into place where there were not muscles. All this happens as the Holy Spirit orchestrates. The worship band is quite simple, but a cloud of His manifest uh, presence of God is clearly seen by many over the stage in which they worship. The angels hover over the stage as the angels dance to, and the angels dance to the right and to the left of the stage. There's a clear open heaven over the stage where the worship team minister. At this point in the vision, I'm reminded of Jacob's ladder experience described in Genesis 28. A young man stands to speak and encourage the people to continue to press into everything that the Holy Spirit is doing all around the stadium. He also prays and asks God for more of his fire to fall. Fireballs from heaven fall upon the people. As they hit the people, the power of God hits them and bodies fall and shake and weep under the power of God. There is a deep sense of brokenness that hovers as the, over the people as they come and complete awe of what the Holy Spirit is doing throughout the stadium. Reporters are intrigued by... Uh, reporters who are intrigued by what has taken place gather at the stadium to report about, th- about thousands coming to meet with God. Some try and criticize but are immediately hit with conviction. Others receive calls from their home base asking what is taking place because there are reports of fire over the entire stadium and people just wailing before the Lord as they walk in the streets. Others report that people are leaving bars and heading to the stadium to see what the Lord is doing. Now a dead body has been brought into the stadium, and instead of fear and trembling coming upon the crowd, it, uh, begins, great excitement begins to come, and they begin to declare, "'Live, live, live!' Others hold their Bible in the air and cry out that Jesus would be glorified through the, death, uh, through the resurrection of this person. Now the scene is switched to the outside of the stadium, and the flow of the traffic from the entire city is heading towards the massive stadium." The huge billboard outside the stadium simply declares that God is in the house, 21st day. Come any time to meet God. Now it's evening and the lights are on in the stadium and a young man is preaching. He appears to be Hispanic. In fact, he's preaching in Spanish and it's being interpreted into English. He's simply declaring the work that Jesus did on the cross. He calls those forward who need Jesus to come into their life. Many come also with Hispanic faces. The young. Uh, The young Hispanic man begins to pray. As he prays, nearly half of those who come for the offer of salvation are now on their backs. Many are slithering on the ground, apparently demon-possessed. Then the young man declares that where sin abounds, the grace abounds much more. People run to those who are apparently demon-possessed and declare that they must bow to the name of Jesus. The scene now again switches to the crowd, simply worshiping. The presence of the Holy Spirit is evident on the people as they worship. A young man introduces the mayor of the city. Although I can't hear which city or nation all this has taken place, the mayor stands up to declare that the city to be a refuge and a sanctuary for the Most High God, Jesus Christ. He also states that he had earlier that day been on the phone with mayors from around the country, and they too are wanting to publicly declare their cities are refuge for Jesus Christ, the Most High God. And then there was, there was, a like, what, I was in this vision, the, the words, the end, came to the end. <laughs> and I was really disappointed, because I was like, I don't know if you're like me, I've had some encounters and dreams that are better than real life. You know, like, wait, go back into that, you know. <laughs> but I said that because I want to give you a picture of where I, I believe the Lord wants to uh, take you as a body, take the region, and take the nations of the earth. And if we're talking about, a re, I really believe, I do concur with that uh, international, national shift coming upon you. And if we're going to be a people who, who contend for nations to be switched, you have to have a vision, even in small part. I think that is just a small part of what God wants to do. That's right. That's right. The greatest encounters you've had with the Lord, the greatest experiences you've had, the great outpourings you've had even in this room, don't even touch the surface of where God wants to take you as a group of people. And, you know, you, and I know you're here because you're hungry and you're desiring what God has for you and you don't really care uh, so much about what time gets out, but I want to say that there is a, a call and a fresh call by the grace of God out of our weakness to receive a commitment to live this thing out 24 hours a day and be committed to a kingdom that takes the the nations and a, and a demonstration of the kingdom in a way you've never seen. I was uh, praying one day down in Wilmington. I just wanted I just want to hang out with the Lord. This is probably three or four, maybe six years ago, and I, I was just sitting on the 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 shore and I was just talking to the Lord on the sand. Huh, that's what I like to do. I don't like to go in. <laughs> I don't like salt water. And I do look nice in a Speedo, but I don't want to wear one. <laughs> <laughs> Speedo Sunday. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's, yeah, I was looking out on the water and the, and the Lord spoke to me. And he says, he says, as far as you can see of water, that is the depths of of my glory that I want to show people. And I was thinking, man, I haven't even touched anything. And so the Lord wants today for you to have a vision of what He desires. It's not just of a few people getting saved. It's not just even of your own personal destiny, even though that's great that God's doing that. But there is a a mandate and a grace upon the people here and the people in this region to see what's never been seen before. It's not just about getting a few good prophetic words. It's not just about... It is It is a demonstration of the Lord Jesus Christ formed through us that's never before been released. And um, I want to read this to you because here's the first point I want to make. And if it, it's, this is just really just... I'm just trying to hear what the Lord's saying. And... Um, Look at uh, Luke 4 for a moment. I believe it's a season of divine alignment with our prophecies. Luke chapter 4 is a significant place in the Gospels. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Then he... uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Then he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying today, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was just beginning his ministry, and it's fascinating that he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And it, it is a really, really awesome... <laughs> thank you, the children, thank you. It is a really awesome picture of how prophecy unfolds in that he's saying it's fulfilled today, but he still had a measure of it to still fulfill. Right. And here's the other thing about the prophetic word. Jesus Himself, the Son of God, was the, was, it gives us a model and an understanding of how we're supposed to come into alignment. Jesus was actually quoting Isaiah 61. And He is stepping into the place and He's saying, This is who I am and this is who the Lord has called me to be. And all... The, especially because there was a place in the synagogue that was specifically reserved for the Messiah, and he sat in that place. <laughs> Jesus was not crucified because he was a good prophet. He did not, I don't believe, believe he was uh, crucified because he performed miracles. Even because he was a good teacher, he was crucified because he sat at the place that was reserved for one person, and he said, I am the Son of God. And yet he was probably the most humble man that ever walked the planet. And so Jesus himself had to come into alignment with the prophecies over his life. And I believe that you're in a season as individuals and as a body that the Lord wants you to come into alignment with the purposes of God in your life. We talked extensively Friday night. If you weren't here, I really encourage you to get that because I feel like this is a continuation of that, of of creating a culture where what God has said and is saying fits and plays a role and creates the future in which we live in. And I believe that this is a season where every person, say to the person, you too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> where we're coming into prophetic alignment with the purposes of God for our life. And Jesus himself modeled this for us because he's, he, he had... He had thousands of years of prophecy, thousands of years of what was spoken. And he says, this is why I came. And he came into alignment with the Father's purposes. And how did he come into alignment? He came into alignment by declaring it as part of who he was. And he stepped into a place that was only reserved for him. And I say to you that there is a place exclusively reserved for you at the table of the Lord in this, in this thing that It is exclusively reserved for you. He didn't look at your life and say, well, you've made two mistakes, too many mistakes. That bad marriage that you had, that disqualified you, that this or that, I believe that the Lord, I just saw it, the Lord is wanting to write a new chapter of everyone's life beginning today. God is present future. See, He saw you from the very foundation of the world, so sometimes it appears like He's going back in time to fix us so we can go into our future, but it's actually Him going into the future to fix you in the now so you can go into your future. It's a difference. I don't know, I just felt this. I feel like some of you have to stop looking back. So we are in a period where we must come into alignment with our prophecies the second thing is that is i want to read this that you are writing history and god is desiring to write history with you but you play a role in what's going to happen in the unfolding of god's plans look at malachi 3 So I know it's really small (laughs) Malachi Malachi chapter three Malachi chapter three then those who feared the Lord talked with each other again what is the conversation that we're supposed to be having we're supposed to be having a conversation of who we are in God, what He has said about us and where we're going. It goes way beyond self-help. It actually goes to creating the world in which you live in. Then those who feared the Lord talk with each other <laughs> I love this. just like <laughs> one of the things that I love to teach people, and it's really simple. It's any time you talk, God listens. Every prayer that you've had, every tear that you've had, with Psalm 56, it's David, all my tears are in your bottle. They talked with each other and the Lord listened and He heard. And a scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning... Those who feared the Lord and honored His name. History is being written between God and man in this hour. It is the greatest story ever told. It is the story of the greatest outpouring that's ever going to be released into planet earth. It's the story that in the middle of great conflict and even darkness in the world, that there would be a people who arise, who even do greater works than Jesus, who even demonstrate the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that has never before been witnessed before in the earth, that His glorious church without spot or wrinkle, His victorious church would not be just... Say, Lord, get me out of here, but would stand in the council of the Lord and declare the will and the works of the Lord in the middle of a perverse generation and say, you don't have to go that way. This is the way of the Lord. And not only in that place, but in economic systems, in educational systems, that the glory of the Lord would be released. Of those who feared the Lord and honored His name, and they will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In that day, I will, make, I will make my treasured possession. I will spare them just as in compassion as a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction, this is a fascinating verse, between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who not. History is being written. The scrolls of history are open and, and, and uh, it is being written between you and God. Every encounter that you had, every word spoken, everything that you've heard from the Lord is part of your eternal history with the Lord every time you say yes to the Lord, every time you say I'll give even though I don't know how we're going to pay the bills, but I heard you tell me to give. Whatever it is, you think it's small, but there is an eternal record being written and all heaven is partnering on your behalf when that's happening. And so history is being written in this current hour. And I believe that it's fascinating that he uses saying they talked He heard and then the scroll was open and it began to remember those who feared the Lord. And in Revelation uh, 21, he saw when he says, and then standing before me, there was a white throne of judgment and then there were two books that were open. Everyone is famous in heaven. I remember praying one day and I saw all these faces. I couldn't see bodies. I just saw faces. And I said, Lord, who are these people. And he said, these are the people that all heaven stands at attention and knows who their name is, but nobody really knows who they are in the earth. Had this thought just rolling around me over the last few days and just thinking, what sometimes how we see things or we see see awesomeness or excellence is is sometimes what we can see and see in front of us in the Western Church, but I say to you that God has some way of way of looking at things somewhere, somewhere different. That there are people that actually shake the heavens, who their prayers carry apostolic authority, and they've never been on TV, they've never had a crusade, but they are friends with their Father in Heaven. And I want to say to you that you are it really is living for the audience of one. It really doesn't matter if anyone ever calls your name. Everyone says you're an apostle, you're a prophet. But you are building your history with the Lord that God knows about. When He calls you, He wakes you up in the middle of the night. Pray for China, pray for Asia. It, it doesn't matter if you'll ever someone will ever say, that was awesome, let me give you $1,000. It's all about living for the eternal decisions. He says he heard and he listened. I believe one of the mandates upon you, and, I, and, I, and I, really, I really just was rolling around that word because I had this word watchman, and then Prophet Roof came up and began to talk about watchman. I believe that um, it is a prophetic sign what began to happen here just moments ago, that there was a just spontaneous eruption as you just began to uh, intercede and worship and, and prayer was going up. Because I believe that the mandate upon this house is uh, eventually to have 24 hours a day, seven days a week of worship. And I believe it's going to slowly begin. I want to prophesy to you that, that this is something that your leadership team could consider. That there will be nights here where you simply just come to worship and encounter God. And do exactly what you did with no, uh, no uh, body ministry taking place except the king doing all the ministry. Because I also believe an element of that is the Lord wants some of you to be able to mature out of the place where you don't just come here to get soothed with your problems every Sunday, but you begin to learn, as David was, that he ministered before the Lord and he allowed the Lord to minister to him and to bring him into a place of maturity. There's nothing wrong with receiving ministry. I received ministry today. But what I'm saying is the Lord wants you to be able, true maturity will come when you can stand and minister with God in you. Let me read this. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, verse 12. Acts chapter 15, verse 12. This is known as Jerusalem Council. And I'm just, again, just give me some grace. I I don't have time to develop all these things. But I believe it's a key scripture for, um, for you as a body here today. And the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them and when they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has, descri- has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. And the words of the prophets are in agreement with this as it is written. It's really important that he's saying we're coming again. It's agreement with prophecy. It's Amos's prophecy in Amos chapter 9 That's right. where he talks about the plowmen overtaking the reaper. <laughs> Unprecedented harvest. The Lord is looking for people who will harvest what's already available in front of them. Yes, we're contending for more, but I'm telling you, there are people every day that you run into where one prophetic word, where one... Opening, their eyes would be open to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's so why I said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So he says this. He's, they, he's James is standing up. They're having should should we make the should we uh, make the Gentiles become like Jews? Uh, this is this is the the agreement. But it comes to this fascinating place where James stands up after hearing this discussion among the apostles and elders. He comes up and he actually says, this is the fulfillment of what Amos spoke. And within the context of saying the plowman will overtake the reaper in one moment, he said, and after this, I will rebuild, read it if you have a chance, Amos 9, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. And you have to understand the full implications of that because the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David was, uh, I spoke briefly about it Friday. It was Jew and Gentile coming together to worship the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And he said, this is the fulfillment of that. I will. After this I will return and re- rebuild David's fallen tent in ruins and I will rebuild it and restore it that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name says the Lord who does these things that have been known for ages. Fascinating line of scripture, but I believe that the Lord wants you as a building block because here's why it needs to happen. Because... I remember the Lord spoke to me in 2008. I was in Washington, D.C. at the call event. And he says, there will be no uh, church reformation that you have seen and that you're crying out for without 24 hours worship and prayer going up to the saints. I believe one of the, the, the foundation stones of on earth as it is in heaven, one of the glimpses that we see is Revelation 4. And what's happening? It's on it's this un, is is on, uh, ongoing revelation of who God is the sixth the 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 the, the seraphim with the six cherubim—they have one. I mean, it's a fascinating description, and it's this worship going up before the Lord. Why? Because through our worship, we are the now. We are now the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, and we now stand in this place. It's that's why we're watchmen. We stand in this place. We stand in heaven, but we're standing upon the earth. And through our worship, through the tongues, through the declaration, God enthrones in, in heaven comes to earth. And one of the reasons that God is establishing that, because if you, I I travel quite a bit, so if you go to different places, different cultures, there's a different type of music, there's a different type of cultural understanding in every place you go. And in every place, the Lord showed me in this encounter, in every city, in every place that you go to, there is a unique heavenly sound that's supposed to be released across the city. And that's why this grace that is moving upon the musicians all across the earth, not to simply repeat other songs that people have been given, but to hear the sounds of heaven. And as they hear the sounds of heaven, heaven comes to earth and that which couldn't happen, happens simply through the worship of the Lord. That's why Jesus said, Jesus said, He wasn't just, He was making this prophetic declaration. He said, He's talking about the time is coming where they will worship me in spirit and in truth. It goes a whole lot beyond just having a good worship life. It goes beyond establishing who He is in the earth through your worship and your prayer. And there was something being released that you tapped into that I believe the Lord wants you to tap into on a consistent base as a people that you actually uh, connect with heaven and connect with what heaven's doing over a city. I had this encounter and the Lord brought me up and as I heard the worship of heaven over a city, as the people were able to hear it on the earth, it was creating pathways and eyes were being opened to the knowledge of God and things that couldn't happen were simply happening because we worship. Because it's the, it's the picture of what happened inside the New Testament church. That they were a people in passionately love with the Lord. And they had a roadmap to go where they needed to go. All authorities, being, they had a prophetic word. And he told them, here's how you're going to get to the fulfillment of this prophetic word. Jesus never left them an orphan. Jesus always gives a road map to the prophetic words that he wants to fulfill for. He says, he, he says don't leave Jerusalem. And we know the end of the story, but here's the thing is, they were actually going to receive an encounter that no one in the earth had ever experienced up to that point. And we are at a place, I want to submit to you, that we are at a place in the history of the earth where we are going to need expressions and knowledges of God that no one else has ever had. And our personal expression, because they had that word, they fulfilled prophetic word. But when they fulfilled the prophetic word, a sound came from heaven and a city was never the same. Because it's never just about you receiving the inheritance of your prophetic word. As you as a watchman, you as a priest before the Lord God, stand between God and man. And when you stand between God and man properly, the whole earth shifts around you. Because that's what happened when Jesus walked the earth. That's why the Apostle Paul, he prayed, I pray that Christ, I I, I labor so that Christ would be formed in you. And that's why the Lord in this season, he's taking everything aside. I heard the Lord tell me, he said, I want to rip apart everything that violates love with me. And so there is a stirring, not just, at least for me personally, I'll be very transparent with you. There's a stirring, even my own heart, not just to have a good word, not just to have a good... I'm not interested in that. I want to look like Jesus everywhere I go. I want to think like Him. I want to have His emotions. I want to react properly to every difficulty that comes my way. Lord, make us bigger on the inside than we ever are on the outside. So we're standing at this place of writing history through our prayers and God is hearing everything that's being recorded. Heaven heard something. This is not, this is not just hype so we can say amen. I, I don't like hype. I grew up around that. That's why I wanted the authentic thing. Like the glory is here. I'm like a child, I'm like, there's no glory here. (laughs) But when there was a declaration that came today, you will never be the same, it was actually what heaven was saying. It was really what heaven was saying. I'm constantly trying to listen. When every person comes up here because God's saying something through every person and I'm trying to grab it into my own personal heart. How does this, how does this fit, Lord? Let's adjust to what you're saying. Last series here, I think. I feel like um, today we should just end by ministering to everyone. I may want prayer. Look at John 2. Because here's, I believe, John 2 sets the setup, I believe, of what the Lord has for us. We are standing on the earth, but as people in right relationship with God, we're seated in heaven. And our prayers, and our worship, and our intercession, and our lifestyle of intimacy has been given a seat at the round table of heaven, it's a fascinating statement that the Word, who was Jesus, who spoke the Word into existence, who who was part of the creation of the earth, came to earth, and in John 17, He said, that glory that I experience, let them experience it in John 17. That word glory also means honor. You are seated at the place of honor and royalty if you'll accept it. And seated in this place, you have three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're, uh, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And you are one spirit with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you actually have entered into the dialogue of what God wants to take place in heaven it 's so fascinating, thank you very much he is <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say <laughs> Jesus said that if our if his word would abide in us, we could ask what we would, and it shall be done for you. One of the keys that i've learned in prayer and successful seeing the answer to prayer is that I begin to look at a situation, and I. here's another thing I've learned. I never assume I know what God is doing. Right. <laughs> Meaning that I could have stood up today, and I could have, uh, I'm not bragging by saying this, we could have given prophetic words to everyone, but it wasn't what God wanted to do in the room. That's right. And people, that wow, that's an amazing. That's awesome. That's so ministered to me. Yeah, but it wasn't what God wanted to do. And so we never assume what God wants to do. And so we can... We can uh, we, when, when, when I'm praying, I said, Lord, how do you see the situation and what is heaven saying about the situation? Because then my prayers always hit the mark. Because I'm seated at that place of honor. Lord, how do you view this person? Especially for unsaved relatives. Lord, how do you see them? What's the root that has helped cause them to be an unsaved person, cause them to be bitter, cause them to be an alcoholic, cause them to be separated? I've even asked the Lord about about even uh, President Obama, Lord, what is the key that unlocks his heart? And so I pray according to that. Because if we can see as God sees, we can pray as God sees, and we hit the mark with our prayers. God is a whole lot more structured than most Pentecostals make him out to be. I understand there's times in intercession where we're just praying in the Holy Ghost and we're sensing a release. But sometimes I pray with people say, well, what happened? What do you sense the Lord say? I don't know. I hope it worked. Shut it up, I hope it worked. <laughs> you better find out if it worked. <laughs> What's the strategy? Where are we going with this? Think strateg- strategically because God thinks strategically. And so the Lord has invited us into this dialogue, and this picture here is, um, is pictured perfectly in this book, this story in John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and His di- disciples have also been invited to the wedding. This is fascinating to me. Why? Because we're the bride of Christ. And we're going to meet Him one day. He's coming down. The prophetic symbolism in Scripture is always fascinating to me. He chooses to do a miracle at a wedding, and we're going to marry him in the end. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. He said, dear woman, why do you involve me? And Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mary modeled the watchman type of intercessor for the New Testament believer in and of today. Because she, she's sitting at the round table of heaven and what does she have? She has a word from the Lord. Prophecies again. She has a word from the Lord and when she receives the word from this angel, she says, let it be according to your word. In fact, I think she had no idea what he was saying. But she says, whatever you just said, I receive it in my spirit. And she gave birth in that moment by simply saying yes. She gave birth and she also took the stigma of what it would mean to fulfill that prophetic word. Think about it. When Jesus walked the earth, the, the, the people re- recognized and taught to understand his coming said, you're not him. Do you think they believe Mary when she says, yeah, I'm pregnant. Really? How'd you get pregnant? An angel gave me. It's the Messiah. In fact, when Jesus walked this earth, what do they say? You were born in fornication. We know who our parents are, but you. And so this woman took the stigma of receiving and believing God for what has never been done before in the earth. And then Jesus says, we know that Jesus is not lying there. But I also believe that there's something here, and this is another thing that the Lord wanted me to say, that He is, he is putting a mandate on our prayers in this hour and persistence because knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you will find. I believe the Lord wants to put that press upon you as a people to seek, press, and find. I believe that there's some of you who've been asking the Lord for certain things and you need to keep, and you know it's the Lord, you know, I'm not talking about things that we're not sure, they're just out of the realm of the soul. I'm talking about things that you know that the Lord genuinely has for you. I can tell you some of those things. It's not the will of God for you live to paycheck to paycheck. It's not the will of God for you not to have a job. Those are all I can tell you real quickly. And if you're single and you want to get married, the Lord wants you to have a spouse. Yeah, now everyone gets (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Well, that's just between you and me and the Lord. Uh, But she had this word from the Lord, and she says, do whatever He tells you. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing in heaven. There's a picture, I believe, into the heart of the Lord that sometimes it's not that he's saying no, but he's saying, just draw a little closer. Because he only responds to faith. <laughs> I know of a well-known pastor who told a friend of mine, he says, you, believe, you still believe that faith stuff? I said, yeah, I still do. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> And He says, do whatever He tells you. Now this is fascinating too, because here's the anatomy of how the Lord works. The Lord just doesn't say, let me wave my wand now that I'm going to respond to your prayer. He actually gives Him another word to fulfill His miracle. Because everything is in the continuum of ongoing revelation and encounter of who He is. Everything God does is worked out in relationship with Him. Everything he views in your life is you like, man, just as long as I have your heart, the whole thing is yours. He says, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And see, he made them participators in the miracle that he was about to do. We are divine participators. This is heaven. We're here on the earth. We're standing between heaven and earth and becoming divine participators. And as we receive what He's saying and apply it in the earth, it might seem like the smallest thing. It might seem like the weirdest thing. I know for me... One of the things that the Lord would just constantly challenge me in a certain area, even if it looks like I'm, I'm breaking through in a certain area, He puts, he puts the, the onus on me. Step out. I want you to step out again. Step out. Do what you've never done before. The master tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not realize where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then they called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. It's also a prophetic picture that the Lord has saved the best outpouring, the best wine for last. He fulfilled a measure of scripture in Luke 4 but there's still a measure of Him pouring out His Spirit on all flesh we haven't seen. This is the last verse, and this is really key. The reason it's important to live with eternity in mind is because God has set up history in such a way that you would partake in somebody else's history so that they would know that they're on the right path. Because he loves people. He'll stop one service with five thousand people to give one person a word because that's what they need in the moment. That's what he says. This is the first of his miraculous signs. And Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee and thus revealed his glory. And their disciple, and his disciples put their faith. In him. Your radical obedience to the Lord and you following through with that is a sign for other people to come behind you to know, for as the glory of the Lord is released, I'm on the right path. I think to me, they had already left everything to follow him. I mean, they were being obedient. But when they saw the miracle, they said, We're on the right path. The other thing is, he did it in a wedding. If I was Jesus and I was going to start Jesus Incorporated, I mean, I like, I would like, I don't know a lot about marketing, but I'd be like, Jesus, we need a like big miracle, raising of the dead. Get God TV there, make sure all the religious people see it. Now, it's an understanding to me that if it's important to you. How many think in the grand scheme of things, having good wine at the end of your wedding is not really that important? But if it's important to you, God will make it important to Him. Thank you, Lord. Last point. Mary because she had a word from the Lord, stewarded the day she was in and brought in something reserved from a different day into the day she was in. But it was through her intercession. There's such a mandate upon this house to steward their intercession properly, to bring into today what was reserved maybe for 20 years ago for the city of High Point because of persistence, because of prayer, and because of following through. I believe today begins a season where the Lord has divine roadmaps to take you into the fulfillment of prophecies. You may be living in the measure of some fulfillment as Jesus stood up, but the full measure of that has yet to be fulfilled. Lord, thanks for today. Yeah, just lift your hands, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being so patient. Lord, thank you for these hungry people who desire everything that you have for them. And I bless them today in the name of Jesus. I don't know who it was who saw that before, but somebody saw like um, coverings or something. And I feel like there's like a tent all across this room. And there are graces and there are mantles that the Lord is going to release upon people today. And I say to you, today is a life-changing day for many of you. For divine transaction is happening for you. That the winds of heaven would blow over you in a unique way. And there's an anointing and an impartation to unlock and to experience what you've never experienced before in the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord. You're such anointing to minister to people. Thank you, Lord. But
0: to stop the flow right now, Because yeah. you guys are going to get some. We're going to minister to each one of you, but I want to bless Abner today, and um, I don't want to forget to do that. Because he ministered Friday night, we never took up an offering for him. And you know, you sang a song today, Tom. We sang for such a time as this. That's actually the name of his ministry: for such a time as this. So I believe that you're here for such a time as this. The word you're going to release is for such a time as this. And I'm going to ask you to do this because I want to break the flow. If we could do this without losing the flow we're in right now, I'm going to ask you if you would to just sow something into not something, sow what God tells you to sow into Abner's ministry, and to um, you if you make a check out to such a time as this, that's fine. For such a time as this, that's fine. If you make it out to just new uh, to new day, we'll make sure he gets it but I don't want you to just hang on. Don't go because we're going to minister. It's going to get really good. Okay, if you have to understand, please, I'm asking you, I don't want to break the flow here. Just be very still and just get some, yeah, if you want to get some buckets or something like that, just bring the buckets down here if you could. I'm going to ask you to just come and bless Abner, bless the servant of the Lord so into his life, so into his ministry, so into the anointing what the Lord is doing. Don't leave without sowing something into his ministry. You're here for such a time as this. Yeah, bring these right here. Let me get these. Thank you, Louie. And let's put uh, and put one here. Put one over here. I'm going to ask you to do that. And Abner, I want you to just continue to go. But I, But please, be mature, be faithful, be integral, and sow into this ministry today. Would you do that, please? going to release you to do that right now. I'm going to release you to do